The government sure can be ironic. Agencies want a broader supply base and to attract so-called non-traditional companies to join the ranks of contractors. Yet the government seems to never stop adding requirements for being a contractor, making becoming one more difficult and more expensive. With some of the latest ironies, federal marketing and procurement consultant Larry Allen. And Larry, you've sort of summarized quite a number of these things that are making it hard for contractors. What tops your list? Tom, I think the thing that really tops my list is something that not a lot of contractors know about, and it's got a kind of a difficult-to-follow title, Section 889. And there's a two-tier trigger for that. What it really ought to be called is the you can't sell to the federal government if you have Huawei and ZTE equipment in your company. <laughs> that way people would understand what it is. But coming next year in August, any company that uses banned equipment, and the companies I just mentioned are just two of over 40 on the current list, won't be able to do business with the federal government, not the Department of Defense, not civilian agencies. There's not a lot of wiggle room in the original law, Tom, and regulators are struggling to come up with a rule to implement the law that doesn't just instantly devastate their supply chain. So that's at the top of my list because it really doesn't matter if you're an IT contractor or a furniture company, a pharmaceutical firm, or even somebody that's selling guns, bombs, and planes. If you have prohibited equipment anywhere in your operation or your subcontractors do, then you're at risk for losing government business. Now, these are companies that make things like networking equipment. So the LAN or your data center as a contractor could have some of their routers and switches installed. Well, that's, that's exactly right. And it's important to understand that it's not just whether or not those systems are supporting a government operation. The way the current law is written, it's so broad that it says any, if you have routers or switches anywhere in your company's infrastructure, this could be a problem. These are the same companies that are the object of controversy over their 5G telecommunications gear, too, at least in the case of uh, Huawei. 5G telecommunications and, of course, their ties close and otherwise to the Chinese government. All right, so that's Section 889, and I guess that's a cybersecurity-related issue as is the other topic you've been writing about, which is the Cyber Maturity Model Certification, CMMC. Right. That's right. CMMC, as is popularly known, at least this has a catchy acronym, which is important in government contracting. What we're looking at here, Tom, is coming up for the Department of Defense this year, they're going to put a new CMMC, Cyber Maturity Model, requirement uh, in uh, sometime this summer. They've already released several draft iterations. Uh, any company that wants to do business uh, with the uh, Department of Defense or cyber uh, and other IT projects is going to have to meet this model. Uh, there's going to be independent verification that's required, so a company's going to have to go find a third party to certify that they meet the standard. Of course, the standard itself hasn't been developed yet, but it's coming. Uh, this is going to be expensive. It's going to be time-consuming. They're going to be, I've heard one estimate, Tom, that says there are as many as 300,000 contractors that are going to have to go through CMMC certification. And there certainly aren't anywhere near enough independent certifiers that are in the works to become accredited to do that work. Uh, we're going to have a huge backlog. Uh, I think we're going to end up with some protests. We're going to end up with some waivers. 
because the government's just not going to be ready on time. And if you're thinking to yourself, well, I don't sell to the Department of Defense, at best you get a one-year reprieve because a CMMC model is coming for civilian agencies as well. So uh, you're not off the hook. It's just that uh, you're not on the first line here. Uh, but this is going to be a cost for companies. It's going to be a barrier market entry. And uh, for companies that are larger and who do a lot of business with the Department of Defense, it's just one more thing they're going to have to do, one more thing they're going to have to certify to. But for small businesses, Tom, when you start adding up all of these costs, you're going to start driving some companies, probably some really good ones, to the sidelines. And that's going to be uh, really counter to how you let off the segment with DOD in particular saying they want small, innovative, non-traditional contractors. And my response is, no, you really don't. <laughs> we're, we're speaking with Larry Allen. He's a federal marketing and sales consultant now with BDO. But on having the types of capabilities and the long numbers of requirements under the CMMC, I mean, isn't this the way the world is going commercially, too, that everyone's worried about supply chains? And if you're going to be in business doing business with other companies, especially large companies, you'd simply have to get your cybersecurity up to snuff. Well, it certainly is coming, and you're right. So the rules here are somewhat unique to government in that they're tailored to government requirements. But, Tom, your general point's a good one. If you're doing business with anybody in the financial markets, whether it's a brokerage firm or a bank, whether it's a large bank or regional bank, your company already has to have standards like these in place. And in some cases, those standards may be more stringent than the federal standard. And if you are going to be handling sensitive information uh, of your clients, whether if you're collecting uh, their personal data, if you're collecting things that help them do their taxes, for example, you're a CPA firm, uh, you have to make sure that you're handling that information very securely uh, and that you, uh, your customers can trust handing over their most sensitive information to you. So that's a very good point. I think the issue here uh, in the government is that government has a legitimate right, absolutely legitimate right, to protect itself and to want to have uh, secure supply chains, make sure they're doing business with good actors, but they also have to realize that this all comes at a cost, and the cost is going to be uh, your socioeconomic goals are going to be harder to meet. <laughs> uh, you may lose some key suppliers who simply don't have the cash to certify to these standards. And unlike the commercial sector, the government also has uh, False Claims Act, whistleblowers, uh, audits that have that can have both civil and criminal liability attached to it. So while the standards may or may not be dramatically different, the penalties certainly are. Well, penalties, you can always count on those. But getting back to the <laughs> issue of your suppliers that might be ZTE or Huawei, how is this going to resolve itself short of people yanking out equipment and rebuilding their infrastructures to comply with federal rules. Tom, I think the biggest issue is going to be that the companies that don't know about this, while there are certainly a lot of uh, larger and even smaller companies that are aware that these standards are coming and that these requirements are on their way, there are 
thousands who probably have no idea that their government business could be at risk. So one of the biggest challenges is going to be educating that $300,000, $300,000 contractor base to make sure that all of the companies are aware that this is a coming requirement and that they're going to have to bring their systems up to snuff. And there's going to be some resistance, but let me tell you, the first time that somebody gets a whistleblower complaint or loses a lucrative piece of government business because their systems don't meet the standards, there will be stories. You all will, in the media will do your job, and a lot of people will get religion. All right, a good thing to talk about right before Christmas. Larry Allen is a federal <laughs> marketing and sales consultant, now with BDO. Hey, thanks so much. Tom, I appreciate it, and I wish your listeners happy selling. Everything's getting more expensive these days. Gas, rent, and even your music. While other music services keep jacking up their prices, Live One is letting you lock in the best music membership at the best price. Live One Plus is just $3.99 per month. Get all your favorite music ad-free, along with unlimited skips and maximum audio quality. Beat inflation with the best deal in music at just $3.99 per month. Visit liveone.com slash best music to get Live One Plus now. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, Confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online.